25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Text of the day so far. Text of the day so far. Matt on the text line, 885-ESPN, says, I had a Rice fan at the Liberty Bowl a few years ago. Kept slapping those noisemakers in my ear, so I rang my cowbell at him, but he bopped me on the head with one, snatched it from him, ripped it in half, and handed it back to him. (laughs) A peaceful solution. A peaceful solution. Only one noisemaker was injured during that (laughs) ordeal at the Liberty Bowl several years ago against Rice. Here we go. Hour two of the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team and staying connected to you around the clock. Not only on the air live, but podcasting, uploading, sharing, streaming. Um, What else? Videoing, blogging, vlogging, (laughs) posting, uploading. Because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, everywhere I go, C Spire is in my pocket. And because of that, I can stay connected to you wherever I go. Thanks to C Spire, the number one network. C Spire, customer inspired. I just saw this on Twitter, and it has nothing to do with anything that's going to happen on this show, but I just, I'm seeing this. The Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal is reporting that Crystal Restaurants are now offering all-you-can-eat hamburgers and fries for $5.99. (laughs) Is that real? Hey, Beaver, you there? You over there? I'm here. Behind the glass? You ever been to Crystal? Of course I've been to Crystal. Everybody has, right? I would think so. It's like two pieces of bread and some onions and mustard. Oh, by the way, there's a little beef in there. Well, whether or not that's beef, that's qu- it's questionable. It's, yeah, it's a square meat product. Okay, but at 2 a.m., who cares? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal was born during the Great Depression when people needed a fresh and filling meal at a price they could afford, said Paul Macaluso, Crystal president and CEO. We're honoring Crystal's heritage and generations of value-conscious customers who count on us to deliver on that original brand promise. Crystal was founded in Chattanooga, Tennessee, 1932. 340 restaurants in 10 states. All you can eat, crystals and fries, 
for five ninety nine. Is this real life? I had that exact reaction. I saw this somewhere the other day. Um, I think it was on the Twitter. Yeah. And I says to myself, I says, is this really happening? (laughs) Like, is it at every crystal? Is it every one? I mean, it's almost like if it's at every crystal, Beaver, it's going to be the worst business plan idea (laughs) ever. There's no way Crystal can stay in business, is it? If I mean, I'm serious. Well, not certainly not a Crystal in a college town. All you can eat. It's not just crystals; it's fries too for five ninety nine. Let me tell you something. If this works, then just use that as a gauge about the kind of markup that you're paying at fast food restaurants. If it works. You know what it makes me think of, Beaver? What's that? Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Yes. <laughs> Favorite scene when the guy at the drive thru of that other restaurant that's not White Castle just gets so mad talking to them about White Castle, just looking at this, just thinking about them delicious burgers makes me want to burn this place to the ground. <laughs> Another movie, do not let your kids watch it. <clears throat> But Harold and Kumar went to White Castle. It's very much like Crystal. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man. That kind of, I'm surprised by that. <clears throat> All right, back on track. Where were we? Who is this? What day is it? Who am I? I don't know. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Uh, I'm going to take your phone calls and your texts later in the show. And uh, in mere minutes from right now, Assuming I have given Beaver the correct phone number. In mere minutes, we're supposed to, everything goes according to plan and schedules, be joined by John Cohen, Athletics Director, Mississippi State. Now, always, that always gets me. You'll notice it, it when I say it without thinking, it comes out Athletics Director because he is the Director of Athletics. And according to the English language, if I say athletic director, it means he's a director who's very athletic. But we take the S off for some reason. So when I say it, just go ahead and laugh, but it comes out as athletics director. Here he is, John Cohen, on your radio right now on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. John, thanks for some time. Um, Rain delays and baseball. It's like peanut butter and jelly. They just go together, right? Yeah, I'm just trying to over being an athletic director i wish i wish i was athletic you know like you just said man maybe at one point in time well and and no for you it's probably true i mean you stay in shape and you did you know you did play i'm just am i crazy in in my in that thought i don't i'm not trying to throw you for a loop but you are the director of athletics officially that's your title correct yeah, yeah, that, that sounds good to me. <laughs> so it's the way it comes out. I just say athletics director. So anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, um, I know. And as a coach, you've been there. Uh, you see it in other sports. Softball goes through the same thing. But in something like this, the College World Series, John, when the team and Peyton Plumley wake up on one day getting ready to play a night game, and then it's pushed back for another day, does it have an effect? Or are they resilient enough that it doesn't really matter? Yeah, I, I, uh, 
I think it matters. I, I really believe some some clubs play better at night and some clubs play better uh, in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that they have the great equalizer, of course, is that Vanderbilt goes through the same thing that we go through. So, you know, Kumar Rocker is getting ready to pitch and going through his, his routine all, all yesterday and then, you know, has to back everything up. And, you know, you hope, you hope, you know, boy, this guy was just so dominant in his last start, which you hope that, you know, we have an older guy who, who's been around and experienced a lot, and you hope, um, you know, the freshman, you know, might have some freshman moments today. But you just, you know, that's why you play the game. You just, you don't never know. Sure. Um, backtracking to the game against Auburn, what were you thinking when Jake Mangum led off the ninth with that double off the wall? Well, if you just look at it statistically, we, you know, we've done that a lot. I mm. mean, we've come back uh, a lot. You know, you, you look at some midweeks, we're down 7 nothing. We're down 9-1. We're, our, our kids are used to being down and, 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 and coming from behind. So um, I don't think that was uh, a surprise. You know, I, the, the one thing that I'll add, Matt, is that, you know, everybody's saying, you know, why didn't uh, Eduardo Julian just tag the runner? Well, you, you're never taught to tag the runner there because um, if, if the runner puts on the brakes and heads back to second base, you got a second baseman who's covering back up at first, and you got a shortstop who's running toward the six hole. There's literally nobody at the base. Mm-hmm. So that guy can be really aggressive, put on the brakes, and just sprint back to second base. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we caught a break there, but I tell you what, Auburn caught some breaks too because we absolutely scalded some balls with runners in scoring position, and we just hit balls right at people. So, yeah. you know, there was a lot of luck both ways, and we got the big one, you know, in the ninth inning there. That's it. Yeah, in that situation, I, I, I kind of explained that earlier in the week, just, you know, my perspective of, you know, a third baseman catches that ground ball. And, and John, isn't there – Something to it, also the pre-pitch thought process. He's already rehearsed. If I get a ground ball, I'm going to first base, and so yeah, no question. And that. then it, and then he gets the ground ball, and, and so yes, he hesitated because McNamee's so close to him. But the whole time, the plan is to go to first base with that ground ball. Right, and and you know, I think what he did was he, he just you know what we call getting underneath underneath the ball. You got to throw the top of the ball hmm. because if you look at the course of that game. You know, especially Auburn's first baseman did a great job. He dug about three balls out of the dirt that really would have changed the nature of the game even before that. So if you're a left-side defender, if you're going to miss, you got to miss down because that still gives your first baseman a chance to, you know, to make a play for you. And he just got underneath that ball. John Cohen on your radio. Another thing in that game, John, what was it like for you to you know, watch State play against Butch Thompson? Yeah, I went and gave Butch a hug before the game, as I did with Chris. And, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I'm exactly a dinosaur. I'm 52 years old. But, boy, <laughs> it's just it's it's tough. You know, I mean, we're, we're cheering for Mississippi State. My heart and soul will always be with Mississippi State. But just love Butch. You know, when you work side-by-side with somebody for seven years, um, you know, you just – yeah, absolutely hate to see him lose, you know, the way he did. He's done such a great job with that club. And, of course, have a great relationship with Steve Smith and Greg Prather, the ops guy. And, you know, I just uh, – it's hard. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> um, believe me when I tell you, it won't be hard today. Um, yeah. But it'll be – even though I have the greatest respect for Tim Corbin, um, I, I I just – you know, I, I want what's best for – you know, I'm getting Butch and, you know, Brad Bohannon's a former assistant, you know, who's at Alabama and – of course, Mingione, who's at 
at Kentucky. And, you know, I, I cheer for all those guys, but obviously, uh, uh, when we're playing them, it, it uh, yeah. you know, it's all about Mississippi State for sure. Sure. John Cohen, athletic director of Mississippi State on your radio. Um, when, when we, you know, see the, I guess I can use the word pageantry of the College World Series, a huge crowds, the ballpark, everything on the line. How does a guy like Chris Limonis have to manage uh, that? I know he's got a veteran team. Players have been through it at State. That's one advantage. But manage, you know, how you you want your team to just go be the same they've been all year. What do you do as a coach to help that happen when you're in such a big atmosphere? Well, I'm trying to remember. I I think Chris, if you add the times he's been here as a player and a coach, I think this is either I think this is might be his sixth trip to Omaha. Mm. So he um, he's been. We wanted to hire somebody who had had this experience before, even though he hadn't had it as a, a head coach. He he had been around it a lot, and he just does a great job managing our kids. Um, he's one of those guys who's a strict disciplinarian, but at the same time allows his club to be close. Uh, uh, loose and play uh, and have fun and uh, the kids have really responded I've said this many times Matt he had the choice early on whether he was going to try and make this club adjust to him Mm. or was he and his staff going to adjust to the club and they chose the latter and they've had brilliant results with it I think the other thing that I've heard on your show several times he wasn't afraid to experiment with personnel he's used his personnel incredibly and, you know, the, the move that, that he made, you know, moving, you know, from third, third base to, to second base, um, you know, might, might have really changed the entire nature of the entire season. No doubt. And, gosh, I, I know we're just having a little love fest here for the team, but, but in that context, Marshall Gilbert, you know, a senior, uh, a lot of guys might have felt cast away a little bit. But, but he didn't, and middle of the year, he's in the middle of the season, inserted into a third-base competition, wins it, and over the last month has been one of the hottest hitters on the team during the most crucial stretch of the season and walks one off in Omaha. I mean, like, that is a great story. It, it really is. And, you know, one of the difficult things you think about, and I think about this stuff way too much, but... You know, if you just have a Stovall back, you know, if yeah. Stovall decides not to sign out of 22nd round and he comes back, you know, now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't even think it's close. I think you have the best lineup in college baseball. But, yeah, yeah there's been a little bit of patchwork that Chris has done, and I think he, he has done a great job. He's not been afraid to experiment in the middle of the week. And even though he has experimented in the middle of the week to get guys ready for these moments – Matt, I mean, he went undefeated in the middle of the week, even when he was experimenting. And, yeah. you know, he's playing some pretty darn good clubs. He's playing, you know, East Carolina. He's playing uh, Ole Miss. He's playing some good clubs in the middle of the week, South Alabama. Yeah. Um, but still preparing these, that club for, for these moments that, that they're experiencing right now. No doubt. John Cohen, talking a little baseball. State's going to face Vandy and try to stay in the winner's bracket. The, the sport itself – Coach, I felt like when the SEC Network came along that, you know, we already had so much coverage of football and basketball that some of the non-football basketball sports would really benefit. And I felt like college baseball would really 
benefit just in in terms of awareness and fandom and connection with the the, the fan bases. Do you think that that the sport across the conference really has seen an uptick because of the extra and the constant coverage the SEC network has given it? I, I think that's part of it. I think another part is there's just there's never been better coaching in our league than there is right now. Hmm. Um, there's never been more funding from institutions directed toward facilities and you know player experience than, than there has than there is right now. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah, I, I, hey. I'm not so sure if Missouri doesn't get in. It's an 11th team from our league that Missouri could not have won a regional and a super regional. Yeah. They, they had enough arms to do it if they get put in the right regional. And they have a first-rounder in, in center field. I mean, they, they're they a very, very good baseball program. I, I wish they could have gotten in. Um, I know the, the, the committee had really difficult decisions to make. But, yeah, the league's never been better. I, I am. A, I really believe we have 12 or 14 teams who are capable of winning a regional and getting at least to a super regional. Yeah. Well, and it's showing what I guess half the field in Omaha are SEC teams. And absolutely, and it could have been better than that. You know, I thought LSU had a couple of bad breaks against Florida State. If LSU just has a couple of bounce balls bounce the right way, now you got five. Mm-hmm. You would have had five of the eight teams. And, and you just can't help but think, listen, that as much as we enjoy that in the Southeastern Conference, maybe there's a little fatigue around the country. And that, that part, I'm just going to, I'm not going to lie to you, Matt. I mean, that, that scares me a little bit because, yeah. you know, you don't want our brand, uh, you know, to diminish because others think that there's too much of it out there. Sure. Well, and. You know, maybe the other conferences around the country ought to commit a little more to baseball. I don't know, things like adding that third assistant coach, you know, and improve on their end as opposed to wanting the pack to come back. But I'm just thinking out yeah, loud. I, that's a great point. And, and listen, in order for college baseball to be as strong and, and, and as powerful as we want it to be, in order for it to grow, the Big Ten has to be a factor. It's a factor in every other sport. Mm. Um, Michigan being here is really good, in my opinion, for college baseball. Um, but we do. We, we have to commit more scholarship aid to this sport. 11.7 is, is just it's ridiculous in, in several ways. And, you know, the nature of our sports is just different. It's, it's not comparable. And, you know, the other thing that I think we need to consider doing is, is pushing back a little bit on – when the start time is and when the, the season finishes to allow a conference like the Big Ten to be more competitive. They're going to get great players. You know, they, they, they're a great conference, but it's a little bit unfair when you're starting right in the middle of snow season in February and putting those teams on the road. I don't think that just helps the Big Ten. I think it helps college baseball overall. Yeah, I totally agree. John, listen, thank you so much. Long interview, and so I appreciate your time on what is game day uh, for the Diamond Dogs. Thank you. Absolutely, Matt. Thank you. Hail State. Hail State. Thank you. That's John Cohen, Athletics Director, (laughs) Director of Athletics at Mississippi State. Um, How about that quote? I I mean, if you want, um, like Beaver, there it is, man. We're going to clip that out, um, and not at all trying to just get a bunch of clicks, but I think that is impactful. 
there is a guy who played baseball in the SEC, coached baseball in the SEC, head coach at two different SEC schools, currently the athletics director at one of them, one of four teams in the College World Series, half the field in Omaha's SEC bunch, could have had another LSU as a win away, and says, look, it scares me a little bit. Because if we want this sport of college baseball to continue to grow, then the Big Ten has to be a part of it. That conference has to be a part of the growth of the sport for it to continue onward and upward. And says that, frankly, part of that might even be the parameters on the season, when you start and when you finish. Because a lot of the Big Ten schools are playing snowball in February. Now think about that. I mean, why not? Think about the the fact that the entire college sports world is looking for something in July and has nothing. Hmm, that's interesting. And then he went on to say that the scholarships provided for college baseball is kind of a joke. 11.7? It's like, come on, man. That's an impactful quote there from a guy who understands it as intimately as anybody. I'll discuss it with you next. Your texts, your calls. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. What did you think? What did you think of the interview with uh, John Cohen, athletics director of Mississippi State, talked a little baseball, and the further we went along there, the more we kind of got into kind of the overall state of things uh, in the sport of college baseball and what it has to do to continue to grow. I think anybody listening with an interest uh, here in the state of Mississippi, I mean, wouldn't we wouldn't we agree that college baseball is a big opportunity for this state? Nobody in the country, as a as an entire state, gets after it in college baseball, playing it, winning it, and supporting it like the state of Mississippi. Per capita or anything else. Heck, even just just take the per capita out. But certainly per capita. Then it's a landslide. And I'm not just talking about 10,000 at State and Ole Miss. What about 5,000 every weekend at Southern Miss for home weekends? What about Delta State and the tradition there? So it would be good. And before I go to the phone, here's that quote. I want you all to hear it. This is the interview, the, the end of the interview we just had with John Cohen when, you know, we talk about the growth of the sport, but it's also, for it to continue to grow, it's got to be a national thing. Here's what he said. In order for college baseball to be as strong and, and, as, and as powerful as we want it to be, in order for it to grow, 
the Big Ten has to be a factor. It's a factor in every other sport. Mm. Um, Michigan being here is really good, in my opinion, for college baseball. Um, but we do. We, we have to commit more scholarship aid to this sport. 11.7 is, is just it's ridiculous in, in several ways. And, you know, the nature of our sports is just different. It's, it's not comparable. And, you know, the other thing that I think we need to consider doing is, is pushing back a little bit on when the start time is and when the, the season finishes to allow a conference like the Big Ten to be more competitive. They're going to get great players. You know, they, they, they're a great conference, but it's a little bit unfair when you're starting right in the middle of snow season in February and putting those teams on the road. I don't think that just helps the Big Ten. I think it helps college baseball overall. Yeah, I totally agree. So there's the quote from uh, John Cohen. Number one, you want the sport to continue to grow and be as powerful as it can be. The Big Ten's got to be a part of it. Number two, we have to commit more scholarship aid to the sport. And then said 11.7 scholarships is ridiculous. And said in several ways. His words, not mine. All right. Uh, Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. They are your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. Right here at home. Kubota at Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. DiviniEquipment.com. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. Jeff, been hanging on the longest, and I appreciate it. Jeff, go ahead. Hi, hi, Matt. Hey, hats off to John Cohen for uh, trying to protect the Big Ten. Can you imagine an athletic director in the Big Ten saying, hey, what we got to do is do something to help out our boys down there in the SEC? <laughs> I don't really think that'll happen. But no. uh, talking about growing the baseball, one thing that Chris Bologna – Lamonas has done that I really appreciate is with his pitching. I think that, and you'll agree, that's the most mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. opposition on the field. You know, he got that number one recruit, JT Ginn. Did you notice that he's not playing him? And even when they say he's 100%, he said we're still not playing him. He errors on the side of the caution. Yeah. How many number one draft picks or number two or whatever moms and all that are out there watching this? When you got on the opposite field somebody like Auburn, who admittedly said that they brought that Tanner Burns back too quickly, that they brought him back, then put him in, then brought him back and put him in, trying to use that arm, whereas Chris Lamonis is right the opposite, that he's not. What are your thoughts on that? Well, what I think, Jeff, is it is absolutely the right thing to do um, with with any player. But let's be honest. Everybody wants every player, every person to always be equal in everything, and that's just not reality. When a kid turns down $2 million as a first-round pick to come to play for you for two years in college, and that's why they've been cautious with him, is because they're like, wait a minute, you say you're sore? Where is it sore? In your arm? Get out of here. That's it. That's it. So I don't... Well, Coach, you know, the regional is on the line, or the super regional, or now it's a College World Series on the line. I don't care what's on the line. Your career is on the line, back in the dugout. So it's just the right thing to do is what I think. Last thing, on that whistler, Yeah. you ever heard of the old saying, fight fire with fire? Yeah. It would be my mission. You know, I wouldn't lay hands on the man, but every time he'd start the whistle, I would let I, like, blood 
curdling yell, to, you know, to rival anything on these horror movies, <laughs> right in his ear. Yeah, no and doubt. So if he started, if he started to lay his hands on me, that's when he'd be on. <laughs> that's it. Don't lay a finger on me. Right, Appreciate it, Jeff. Yep. Yeah, everything's cool until. Uh, somebody touches somebody, and then we're back on the playground. Now we're cavemen again, and I don't care what anybody says. Just kind of the way it is. Jason, you're up next. What's up, Jason? Yeah, I want to expand a little bit on what uh, Doc Cohen said there. Expand out a little bit past the Big Ten. You get into half of the Pac-12 is under snow that time of year, too. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know that very well, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. And all of these smaller schools that, that, like, we had a snowstorm come through here. It was 40 inches, and mm-hmm. they were starting baseball practice here. Like, who's going to do that? Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, and, and I do think, Jason, again, let's if we look at things in terms of reality, <clears throat> you know, making a switch on the season, it's going to have to be incremental. You know, we're not going to pick up the season and move it a month down the schedule at any time. But a week here, a week there, slowly but surely, if you look at it now, season's a little longer, but the College World Series is a lot later now than it used to be. And I think if they headed in the right direction, you can eventually get to something where the sport could be a lot stronger. Um, and I think that's kind of what he's saying. And you can't you can't move the, the schedule to avoid bad weather across the country, but you can get it out of February. I'm just not sure there's, there's any – way to make sense of the idea that college baseball begins in February. It, that, that's another thing. It does just it doesn't make any sense on the surface or yeah. when you peel it back. So this is one of those things where, you know, baseball is not something most people can watch on TV, but once you you're in the stadium, it's a completely different thing, assuming you're not freezing your butt off. Yeah, right. I agree. Jason, good to hear from you, man. I appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you. Louvier, the captain of the all-name team. What's up, Louvier? Good morning, gentlemen, and go Saints. So, uh, five ninety-nine, all-you-can-eat crystals and fries. They are definitely uh, this is a going out of business sale, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So, uh, many many years ago, when my daughter was nine, we had a, a softball game one evening at Shiloh Park in Brandon, and we lived on the other side of Brandon. I, I guess it's about 15 minute drive so we we hit the crystal on the way home and got a, a, a sack full a dozen and uh you know i ate a couple on the ride home and she ate a couple and then when we got home i uh had some things to do we had to get the fat bag and and get uh you know everything situated and, yeah. and uh change my clothes and when i was finished doing my little five minute get home routine they were all gone my daughter had eaten ten crystal hamburgers. <laughs> she was nine years old. <laughs> so, yeah. That's I, great. I was a little nine-year-old girl. Of course, she wasn't a little girl, but uh, still, she was nine. Yeah. And, uh, I said, well, Amy, <laughs> uh, you know, you didn't think to, to save me any? She said, she said they were for us. I wasn't counting. You know what would have been a much better promotion for Crystal than all-you-can-eat burgers, fries for five ninety nine, is an, you know, Eat your age contest. If you can go, you go in there, you show them and prove what age you are. And if you can eat a, a crystal for every year of your life, you get them free. Because then what are you yeah. going to do? Kids are going to go in there and they're going to eat nine, 
six, 11, something like that. But mom and dad are going to have to be there with them. And mom's not eating 42 crystals. <laughs> I'm definitely not eating 53 crystals, but my 20 year old son and his buddies might mow them down. Well, I know, anyway, but the point is you still have to buy some. And I still think that would be right. a better idea. But I'm not a. I'm not a CEO, so what do I know? Right. Uh, anyway, I, I'm I'm hoping to take advantage of some of that. Yeah. And, and, and eat the ten that I didn't get when my daughter was nine <laughs> years old. I make up for it. Well, let us know how let it goes. Go, hell <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Olivier is going to go and get ten free. <laughs> He's going to get his money's worth after he didn't get to eat those that his daughter gobbled up back when she was ten years old. Or nine, or whatever it was, he said. You know, in regards to uh, Coach Cohen's comments about the Big Ten, he said, in order for college baseball to be as strong and as powerful as we want it to be, in order for it to grow, the Big Ten has to be a factor. And Josh, or Joshua, on Twitter responded and said the same with football. College football is better all around when the Big Ten is good, too. And I agree with that. Totally. You need Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. And if you can get Nebraska and Wisconsin and Michigan State in there also, all the better. Sorry, Purdue. Still, they're interesting, aren't they? No, I agree with that statement also. It's better for the overall health. Kind of shows you the confidence of the SEC, though, right? For an SEC AD to make that statement. All right. Countdown. College football teams coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Okay. More. Coming your way. You may call me. I enjoy all those phone calls. I really do. I really do enjoy those phone calls on the Divini Equipment phone. Divini Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. 995-1059. 995-1059. That's a 601 number. Give me a shout. You can um, text me. Appreciate that also. Send those texts, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. And you can also tweet me, but I'll just go ahead and tell you, you're not going to send me a better tweet than the one David Murray just sent me. David was on the show to begin today in hour one. David, longtime writer for Gene's Page, now part of the 24-7 network, and he's in Omaha, and he sent me this. There's the picture, Beaver. There it is. You know, he told us because we brought up Bob Ross the joy of painting and he said i gotta send you a picture but there's a place here it says zombie research facility and underneath is a picture of bob ross look at that is that not glorious zombie research facility authorized personnel only <laughs> and then there's the picture smiling bob ross with his hi hair. i'm bob ross and for the next 13 weeks i'll be your host as we experience the joy of painting Thank you, David, for sending that. Y'all check out my Twitter feed. 
at Radio Wyatt. You'll see the picture I'm talking about. Um, Jay in Baltimore, I missed your question for Coach Cohen while he was on, and I apologize. I'm sorry. Talking about small ball and bunting and riskiness, and I, I just didn't see it in time. That's that's all on me. Um, Tim texted the show and said, John reminds me of Coach Polk way back when, rattling against the scholarship limits. Not much has changed, and you're right. Not much has changed. I don't know if it will, but there are some people who are hopeful uh, that it will. Bama in Madison says that he calls Crystal Burgers gut bombs. Nothing wrong with Crystal Burgers. I like them. I've always liked them. Mustard, onions, beef patty, bread, palm size. I like them. Beaver likes them. We also like football. And uh, we are 73 days from August the 31st. Some teams will start the week earlier, but we are 73 days from everybody in action in college football. Let's do the countdown. Team number 73 on the countdown of 100 teams. The ball down. Put it down. Let's play ball. Team number 73 would be Marshall. Marshall, the thundering herd. It's a good fight song. Yeah, the Marshall Thundering Herd. They won nine football games last year. They were going to play South Carolina, but it got canceled. They won eight games and lost four in the regular season. So they only played 11 games. Their losses were to NC State, Middle Tennessee, Southern Miss in Hattiesburg by two, and at Virginia Tech. They beat everybody else. Uh, they also beat South Florida in their bowl game 38-20. to Their coach is on the all-name team. You know what their coach's name is? Doc Holliday. Yep. Head coach of the Marshall Thundering Herd, Doc Holliday. Hey, Beaver. Hey, Matt Wyatt. Do you like that movie Tombstone? You know, I don't. Don't like it? Remember much of it. It's oh. been so long yeah. since I've seen it. I'm your Huckleberry. Uh, but it didn't make an impression on me, I guess, because otherwise I, guess I not. remember it. I guess not. It did me. I like it. Val Kilmer played Doc Holliday and uh, had some great lines in that movie. Shot a guy in the head, and as he was falling, he goes, you're no Daisy. You're no Daisy. <laughs> some good stuff in that movie. Anyway, Doc Holliday is also the coach of the Marshall Thundering Hurt. They will begin the year on August 31st in 73 days against VMI, Virginia Military Institute. 
guy that I played for in college. He was our offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Mississippi State my senior year in 1999, Sparky Woods. Prior to that, he'd been the head coach at South Carolina. but he, I got to play for him for one year. And I really like Coach Woods. I wish I had gotten to play for him more. And But for about six, seven years, he was the head coach at Virginia Military Institute. That was starting in about, I don't know, somewhere around 2008, 2009. Last year, he coached one year at Richmond. And now, Coach Sparky Woods, I realized this the other day. Didn't know it, but I realized it. He is now the special assistant to the head coach at the University of North Carolina, the Tar Heels. Coach Woods is their kind of administrative position working hand-in-hand with Mac Brown, who left ESPN, former Texas coach, to be the head coach at North Carolina. Saw that. Real quick, quick, sort of quick, some facts about the Marshall Thundering Herd. They are in Huntington, West Virginia. They always compare themselves to um, West Virginia, the Mountaineers. They, they just always do. Like if you go to their website, five interesting facts about, or, or ten in- interesting facts about uh, Marshall. You know, it says number two. The school was founded in 1837, a full three decades before West Virginia University was founded. Right there on the website. <laughs> like this, Yeah. The fact is, in the state of West Virginia, there's a, you know, Marshall is a lot like Southern Miss. Great history, big school, great school, great people, great former athletes, always kind of comparing themselves to, um, you know, the other school in the state. For Southern Miss here, it's either comparing to State or to Ole Miss, and there it's Marshall always comparing to uh, West Virginia. You know, the story about Marshall is that in 1970, their team was killed in a plane crash. It's just unbelievably tragic. And don't you think for a minute that I don't think about it every time I get on one of those planes with a Mississippi State's team to head on a road trip. I don't like flying. Lots of reasons for it. But uh, I think about it every time. But that happened back in 1970. And on their campus, in homage to that 1970 Thundering Herd team that was killed in that tragic plane accident the water in the fountain that's dedicated to them does not flow from november the 14th that's the day the crash happened until the first day of spring practice the next year so they have a fountain there it's dedicated to the team and the water doesn't flow on it from the day the crash happened november 14th until they start spring practice the following year uh just what they do they are now the Thundering Herd, but they've had a lot of mascots and nicknames over the years. The Indians, the Judges, the Green Gobblers, I'm not kidding, the Booger Cats. Beaver, Marshall at one time in their history were called the Marshall Booger Cats. That is horrible. <laughs> How are you going to go into anyone's home <laughs> stadium and expect to be taken seriously? You're the Booger Cats. The bo- the Booger Cats, they had a mascot dressed up like a cat. You know what his name was? Booger? Snot. Snot. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I made that oh. up. That's not true at all. In a landslide vote in 1965, students, faculty, and alumni chose Thundering Herd. Somebody suggested it. They liked it better. They got away from the Booger Cats. Now, famous alumna at, the, uh, at Marshall University, some of it blows me away. 
Randy Moss, you got to pay the cost to hang with Moss. Chad Pennington, quarterback. Mike D'Antoni, basketball coach, Marshall. We know these athletes, Byron Leftwich, Ahmad Bradshaw, people like that. You know all of those. Famous athletes, ball players. You know, they've had a bunch of them, frankly. Did you know that Billy Crystal went to the went to Marshall? Went to Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. Billy Crystal, the Billy Crystal, the actor. The comedian. Harry met Sally. Yep, Billy Crystal, the New Yorker. He was from New York, obviously. He went to Marshall to play baseball his freshman year of college. And the year he got there, they cut the baseball program. (laughs) Just cut it. So he went back to New York, immediately went to acting school, and the rest is history. The Billy Crystal went to Marshall University for one year to be a baseball player. You know, and that's his thing. He's a big baseball fan, big Mets fan. All right, there you go. Wrapped it up. Thanks for the texts. Thanks for the calls. Let's see if we can watch some baseball today and then break it all down tomorrow. Beaver, thanks for filling in this week for Roger. Tell him that I'll be in there with him tomorrow where you guys are. Looking forward to that. The Farm Bureau Studio. I'm Matt Wyatt. See ya. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.